the three of us have been film enthusiasts for a long time. And like most other <clears throat> zillennials, we decided to give a platform to our shared cinephilia. We are Aditya, Prachi, and Sharon, and, and this is, is The, the Prime, Prime Lens. Lens. While our interests are expansive, we know that films are beyond moving pictures on a screen. These stories are a reflection of our reality and vice versa. Thus, we have come together to sift through these montages of some films that have moved and shaped us. Throughout the span of this limited series, the three of us are exploring different Indian films from the prime lens of the feminist film theory. So what are you waiting for? Click the follow button and stay tuned for the next episode while we discuss what's on our screen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Prime Lens Podcast. In today's episode, we have a little crash course on the history of Indian cinema. I'm excited. You know, films are no longer just moving pictures that documented a train coming to the station or pieces of it cut-pasted to get an emotional reaction out of you. Rather, I find it has revolutionized our worldview. I think you are right. It is more than an art. It is a whole entertainment business in itself on which livelihoods are dependent. With all these facets, our personal relationships intertwined with films and OTTs coming into picture quite literally. (laughs) It's literally not a secret that cinema is indispensable. Additionally, I think uh, with the ever contentious definition of India, the idea of Indian cinema has also transformed with its national and linguistic boundaries. Plus, contextualizing Indian cinema also comes with contextualizing these boundaries. But I think we still attempt to streamline our not-so-linear history with that of Indian cinema. So I think it is uh, fairly and widely known that India's twist with film began in 1913 when Dada Sahib Falke directed and produced the first ever film called Raja Harish Chandra. This marked the rise of silent films in India, which primarily brought mythological stories to the forefront. But hold on, guys. Did you know why this film is widely accepted? As the first Indian film, it was rather a Marathi film called Shri Pundalik by Dada Sahib Torne in 1912. The reason for this is that the prints of this film couldn't be obtained, which also sort of invites inquiry into film preservation in India. That's well, true. well, but that's a topic to get into for, you know, another day. Uh, by the way, guys, Harish Chandrachi Factory by Prakash Mukashi and Cinema Cinema by Krishna Shah. These are great films to watch to get an insight into the beginnings of Indian cinema. Oh, thanks for that. Adding it to my to-watch list. Coming oh, back, guys, the talkies hit the Indian industry in 1930. Alamara by Ardesh Rirani. Then came the first colorized picture, Kisan Kanya. Needless to say, this combo of talkies and color became a hit that fast-tracked the growth of Bombay film industry. In and around uh, 1948, we see the big three actors, Dilip Kumar, Raj Kapoor and Devanand becoming the face of Bombay film industry and even receiving wide international recognition. Damn. On that note, you know, speaking of the big three, I don't think we can talk about Hindi cinema without mentioning its golden age. What an era for talent and art to thrive in the 40s, 50s and the 60s. You know, not just the mainstream, even the independent cinema. With the release of Mother India in 1957, it was a pivotal point as it defined the conventions of Hindi cinema for decades to come. 
you know, it spawned a new genre of decoit films altogether with Dilip Kumar, who was the pioneer of method acting. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, his legacy inspired a whole generation of actors to come from Amitabh Bachchan and Nasruddin Shah to Shah Rukh Khan and Nawazuddin Siddiqui. Ooh, <laughs> I think additionally, when we talk about Indian cinema, regional cinema was the point where it all started. One of the first regional films was a Telugu film called Gudavali Ramabrahmam by Palnati Yudham in 1947. Additionally, that point about Dada Sahib Torne. I think uh, during the post-independence era, Madras and Calcutta became centers for film and these film industries saw a huge boom. Uh, another center for film in India was the Bengali uh, film industry. So Bengali artist cinema, which was basically set up the foundation for indie art films in India, was initiated in this post-independence era and uh, was sort of set up by directors like Bimal Roy, Satya Jatre and Ritwik Gatta, who are synonymous to Indian cinema as a whole. Yeah, and on this note of regional cinema, uh, the Kerala government set up a state film development corporation in 1975 to fund and develop films. And that has been, if not if not the most successful, at least one of the most successful corporations till date. That's true. The Malayalam film industry, with all its progressive storytelling, is revolutionizing Indian cinema from its inception. We also see a similar boom in the Tamil cinema industry from the 1950s. One literally cannot talk about Malayalam cinema without mentioning names such as, you know, Mamuti and Mohanlal. Yeah. Or even Tamil cinema without talking about <clears throat> Rajnikanth. Oh, man. <laughs> These actors have drawn regional and international recognition to their respective film industries and have amassed star and political power equivalent to gods. Cinema also has a close relationship with politics in South India. But that is a topic for another day. The Kannada film industry developed in leaps and bounds in the 1970s. The next few decades, until quite recently, have also seen the development of the Punjabi, Bhojpuri and the Marathi film industries. I think regional cinemas in India don't get the spotlight as much. But I think they definitely do deserve it, you know. Definitely. I think it's true because a lot of my film lists are majorly dominated by Hindi films. And this year I intend to learn more about different regional cinemas. Uh, So, coming back, how can we talk about Indian cinema and not talk about Amitabh Bachchan? Of course. That man (laughs) defined the 70s and 80s with Zanzeer and Diwar. He established the genre of gritty, violent, Bombay underworld crime films. In a way, the creation of Angry Young Man, however toxic, not denying that, (laughs) gave a voice to the urban poor. Also, don't forget that the 70s was the time when the perfect concoction of the masala films was born. (laughs) This genre is a great mix of action, comedy, romance, drama, melodrama and musical in one film. Damn, that was a mouthful. (laughs) Have you guys watched um, Yadon Ki Bharat? The film was the first masala film and you can call it the first quintessentially Bollywood film. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. (laughs) Well, from one big three to the other, the 1990s had the triple Khan attack. The three biggest Bollywood movie stars have been the three Khans, you know, Amir, Shah Rukh and Salman. Combined, they've starred in the top 10 highest grossing Bollywood films of all time. The 2000s and 2010s also saw the rise of a new generation of popular actors. But the breakthrough was with Vidya Balan and Kangra Ranaut gaining wide recognition for successful female-centric films 
such as the dirty picture and queen that is actually a great breakthrough now that we've charted the history don't you guys think that the cinema be it regional or hindi has always been male dominated as spectators we tend to give in to the allure of the films and its stars but what about the message it ultimately represents are we conscious enough as audience i think uh, this is where a lot of film theorists would look at feminist film theory to understand this gendered politics of the film industry uh, one of the more one of the most famous uh, academic or theorist i can say was laura mulvey and her work on visual pleasure and narrative cinema is a great start for anybody to dive into it her concept pushed for an approach to film theory intersecting with psychoanalysis and feminism she argues that hollywood is a dream factory made for the visual pleasure of men the woman is always the sexual desire or the object of the male gaze and never the bearer of it mulvey's theories were rather monumental for film theory and the practice of viewing and i think it sort of still finds relevance especially in the mainstream indian cinema well I, while this theory was definitely monumental to its time i believe it has also received criticism it has uh, more so with the third wave of feminism we see the ideals of the female gaze becoming more inclusive the advent of this intersection allowed for films to now be viewed through other intersectional lenses such as you know race religion class and sexuality and in indian context also caste true as much as i believe in the power of feminist film theory it doesn't translate into practice in mainstream indian cinema it has its own shortcomings especially in terms of the diverse representation we are in dire need of rather than the cinematic themes and the politics of representation the main focus remains the business of filmmaking the disparity between revenue generated by indie art cinema and commercial cinema remains vast further this gap is also visible in their consumption rates speaking of that i actually read an article recently that quotes this kannada filmmaker vijayalakshmi singh that says that the trust factor is the biggest hurdle which all her contemporary women filmmakers resonate with producers do not trust women to make commercially viable films or apparently uh, women filmmakers don't fit well in all male sets which leads to conflicts rather apparently they think that women filmmakers are better off making art house cinema or bridge cinema this distrust is so inherent that it actually makes me question how patriarchy seeps into such large scale industries that is a very interesting way to look at i mean this reminds me do you guys remember that trending hashtag hashtag not a chick flick during the release of vire the wedding oh yeah like they tried so hard to move away from the narrative of romedy genre which in reality if you watch the film it was kind of similar and no harm in that i think this really highlights the insecurities that come with releasing an all female cast film regardless of how it was taken this film still remains significant as they had no male actors backing that release and it did pretty well didn't it yeah also very interesting to note that in the past few decades we have seen women directors like meera nair deepa mehta zoya akhtar and the likes setting up their own production houses and personally that gives us something to aspire to while we talk about these pioneer women filmmakers remember fatma begum 
who was the first woman filmmaker in India. Yeah. Yes. Fun fact: she also set up her production house as early as the 1920s. That's so oh. cool. I think it is aspirational that women filmmakers have carved out their own space to foreground their characters and their stories. Setting up a production house is not a small feat. and has actually symbolically set up their own agency in an industry that didn't seem to highlight their or other marginal voices i mean guys the indian film industry in all its hits and misses has come a long way i think uh with my personal shift to consuming a lot of hollywood content a couple of years ago created this sort of guilty pleasure sort of relationship with indian cinema and personally that's slowly changing Over the past couple of years, I've realized the actual impact and the artistry of Indian cinema in all its extravagant glory. There is so much space and scope for so many stories and identities. And as future filmmakers, theorists, consumers, I think it's a great space to look forward to. I agree. My faith in this art remains unwavering. Like Shahrukh says, "Kuch kuch hota hai, Sharon. Tum nahi samjhe." Okay. On that note, in the next episode, I explore the idea of girlhood in Indian cinema from the perspective of two films, Village Rockstars and A Death in the Gunge. I honestly can't wait for that. Stay tuned to episode two of the Prime Lens. We will see you soon.